When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday. It is the kickoff to the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. Ross is out doing more Dateline things. I don't know. We never know. Uh, I'm your only constant here, as we've discussed, but Declan Goff joining us. Uh, what's going on, guys? How are we on Thursday? Uh, precursor to the weekend. Doing good. Doing great. I'm yeah. good. I can only imagine what, what Ross is doing in Dallas, like investigating JFK murder, like conspiracy theories, and, and yeah, reporting back to Dateline, I'm sure. I'm sure that he's actually a correspondent, I think. He's like coming up with more probably like uh, some JFK conspiracy theories wouldn't shock me at all. Exactly. It's probably his own show, though, right? Like, he's not really reporting yes. in his head, like, yeah. something real off the charts. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, Minnesota State Fair again, kicking off. Score North will be out there again before we die. Prominent on Purple Daily and Score North. I'll be popping out with Judd and the boys Saturday. Are you guys big State Fair goers? Huge State Fair guy. Love the fair. Yeah? Love yeah? the fair. All right. I, I, I haven't been in a couple of years. You know, I love the food, a lot of people there. But, you know, I, I like to go on a couple of the rides and, and enjoy yeah. some of the, the deep fried fare for sure. There you go. I love it. I'll be out there Friday as well, grabbing some brews, probably some food. We'll see what happens. No kids living my life uh, before we dive into football season as the Minnesota Vikings approach the final preseason of the game at Denver against the Broncos, 8 p.m. Central here on Saturday. Uh, guys. Final preseason game, count them down. What are we expecting to see? Um, a victory would be good. They're 0-2, currently losing by 6-10 and 10 points to the Raiders and 49ers, respectfully. Are they going to get a victory in Denver? I, You know, the, I don't care, honestly, if they go 0-3. I, I'm not too concerned about that. And what you're definitely not going to see is any of the starters. You know, that, that's been one of the themes of the preseason so far and something that we expected, you know, not, not seeing much of those guys. What we are going to see is some of those those battles at the bottom of the roster sorting themselves out. And we've already started to see some of those. And interestingly, some of them have already started to be decided. Uh, one of them that we thought was going to be decided after the third preseason game, we were going to get a referendum on it in the third preseason game, was the punter job, the punter competition. That one has already been decided. In fact, we got an announcement on it roughly an hour and a half ago as we record this one on, on Thursday morning with a cut. 
Um, so, you know, but some of these other ones where, where they have not been decided yet, I think we're going to get a referendum on them on, uh, you know, when they play the Broncos. Right. Thor referring to Jordan Berry being cut. We talked about with him date with Dane Mizutani last week as well. Um, they also signed cornerback Ty Smith, which I thought was kind of interesting. And we'll have Will Raggett, Sports Illustrated Vikings writer, joining us in just a little bit to discuss a little bit more. Um, but, you know, what did you guys think of those moves? They're kind of minor. They're kind of like, oh, OK, um, you know, the Jordan Berry one slightly surprising. But after listening to Dane, maybe not as much. Yeah, Wright has a really big leg, so that's th- that one's interesting. That that um, you know, sort of like the 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 Twitter uh, punter uh, scouts, I guess the the um, the book on him. It's sort of uh, similar to what you hear about uh, Matt Ariza, the kid who came out of San Diego State, where everybody loves the the leg strength with him, the the uh, the, the yards per punt, but the criticism with him, it's the hang time. Um, and, and so we'll see how that ends up manifesting with Wright. But obviously the Vikings really like what they have seen with him. So the, mm-hmm. and, and the leg strength is what he is led by. Right. Like you mentioned, not likely to see any starters in Denver are likely to see a new quarterback, Nick Mullins. How do we think he's going to fare again? We talked about it's a quick turnaround, a guy that Minnesota got on Monday, um, but working him into those offensive schemes very quickly because he's primed to be the QB two for this Minnesota Vikings squad this year. Yeah, I mean, you give him a little bit of patience, I, I hope. I mean, you know, he, he's just learning the scheme and everything like that. But this is a guy who who's obviously been around. He has learned a whole bunch of schemes. He knows what he's doing. He's an NFL veteran. So he, he's going to get in there and he's, he's he, you know, he's, he's going to do all right, I think. I think so, too. I'm excited to see what he can bring. I mean, if he is really the better decision between Mond or Mannion, again, nobody very impressed with their performance thus far. You know, getting back to cuts, obviously final roster cuts need to be made by Tuesday. I want to talk about Rick Spielman, guys. Big TikToker, apparently, which I myself, big TikToker. Dex, I know you're a TikToker. Thor, you a TikToker? I'm not a TikToker, not yet. Oh, you got to get on. So I don't know how to see. do it. I'm too old. <laughs> so you can see the Rick Spielman takes, uh, which have been kind of fun, interesting, awkward, all in all in one real big ball, but that's what TikTok is, right? Uh, he mentions that his biggest regret is cutting Daniel Carlson, which, yeah, I would say so. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on his admission there uh, about regretting making that decisive cut? I was surprised he he sort of went out of his way to make a video where where he isolated that as sort of like his biggest you know mis- transactional mistake you know of, of of his career, but that you know that being said. It, it, it was a mistake it, and it was a, a big mistake that, that that whole thing was really interesting. You know, you, you go back to that, you know, during that draft and then heading into, you know, to that off season, the Vikings obviously needed a kicker. And so, you know, the, the, they ended up taking him, I, I believe in the fifth round, Carlson had had that awesome career at Auburn. I think he had, he had started kicking for them like right away as, as a true freshman. And he had been just fabulous th- throughout his career at Auburn made some some huge, enormous game-winning kicks there and been super-duper consistent. There were some people that absolutely hated that pick because you have that contingent of, uh, uh, you know, of, of sort of football analytics that that believes that you should never take a specialist in the draft. Just because, you know, I first of all, I, I had seen Carlson at Auburn for, for all those years, and then also just knowing that the Vikings needed a kicker, I, I thought that that, I, you know, I, I signed off on that pick. I, I thought that that pick was okay. And then obviously he goes into the season and he misses those. I think he missed three, went one for four in, in the first uh, uh, two games and cost the Vikings one one win, you know, by missing those those field goals in, in the overtime. And they end up cutting him af- after the second game. 
Obviously, his career has been awesome since then with the Raiders. Uh, it, 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 it's it's he you know uh, uh, Spielman's got egg on his face when you look back on it. Carlson went one for four in field goals for the Vikings. He's gone 108 for 121 for the Raiders. Not good. Yeah, not good, not good at all. Again, I think everybody can uh, agree with that egg on his face for a number of reasons. Rick Spielman no longer with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but you know what? <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to talk about too, J.C. Treader. That's more news coming out. He's going to retire. Um, some interesting conversations saying that the Vikings never got back to him. And I think looking at, especially the team now, what an asset Treader could have been to the Minnesota Vikings. What are your thoughts there, guys? That that one's a stunner. That that one is a, a legitimate stunner. We talked all season about how, uh, you know, Garrett Bradbury, it was the one spot on the team where you had an issue there and you wanted to bring in competition for him. They They sort of did. You know, I mean, there are bodies there that, We've sort of seen them put him up against uh, Bradbury in, in, in competition, but not really also, right? Like th- there's not one legitimate guy where, you know, you have that, that competition where you you feel strongly about giving that position away. Treader certainly would have been that. Um, and, you know, and, and that had been speculated throughout the offseason. Our, our friend Phil Mackey, you know, is one of the guys holding that flag all, all offseason. There were several other people making that connection. Now we come to find out this morning, you know, via uh, Treader's retirement announcement, that that his camp is stating that they they contacted the Vikings. The Vikings never returned their calls. Mm-hmm. Th- that is very very surprising it, th- that the Vikings were not interested in bringing him in as competition for Bradbury. Again, and it seems like they're still not addressing that main concern. Bradbury is the main concern. That center position is the main concern. And for whatever reason, they are so hesitant to put their mark and say, hey, you know what, we need to change this. Why do you think that is? I mean, are they really trying to be that kind to to Bradbury? I mean, it just kind of doesn't make sense. And again, this is from the outside looking in, right? I mean, I'm sure they know better than us, but it just, to me, looks like, why are you refusing to address this very big hole that you have with your, your Minnesota team. I, I, I think it's surprising. Uh, you know, with, with the backup quarterback thing, they, they come in, I, I'm sure when they were, they were thinking about Mond when they, they took over the team, you're, you're trying to be optimistic about his evaluation of like, when we go in and we start evaluating Mond, we hope that this is what we're going to see. When they didn't see that, they made a, a, a counter move and, and they go and acquire Nick Mullins and we'll see what the you know ultimate decision ends up, up being on, on Mond. With 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 Bradbury, I'm sure they were also optimistic when when they they headed in in that this is a guy who is a good fit for our system. I.e., they are a heavy 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 zone running team as the Vikings were previously. You know, with the, with the Kubiaks and, and stuff like that, and that's why Bradbury was brought into the Vikings initially. That's why he was a first round pick. He he is a heavy uh, ambulatory center where he can get out and move and pick people off in the second level and get to the outside shoulder, all the zone blocking concepts. The issue, of course, uh, with Bradbury, it's always been the anchor uh, in pass protection, mm-hmm. where, where he can just get bulldozed and ragdolled by power rushers and bull rushers. Um, that, that's the thing that that we don't know if it can get any better, and it hasn't gotten better uh, to this point. And so so that's why you, know, you, you would have thought that maybe they would have at least bought uh, insurance, an insurance policy against that. And again, that's why it's surprising if, if Treader and his team was like, we'll come in and provide you with that insurance, that the team was not interested in taking them up on that. Right. Dex, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I saw you kind of shaking your head. You got some, you got some things rolling around. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I think it's a big gamble to just roll with someone like Garrett Bradbury, um, who has not really shown he can do any type of pass protection. You know, I, I actually think Austin Schlotman's pretty much breathing down his neck right now, and they've, they've called this an open competition at the start of training camp. And, you know, Treader basically has said that he was blackballed from the league because of his work with the Players Association, which I think is, a, is kind of a load of crap. And a load of crap that that happened to Treader, not that I don't uh, dispute what's happening to him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I thought the Vikings missed the boat there. I mean, they're they're gambling that the one obvious wink leak, weak link on their offense is their center position. And everything else is established. Everything else is coming up. Um, basically, everything Vikings. And the one spot they could have addressed either in the draft or in free agency this year was center. And instead, they're basically going to roll with Garrett Bradbury. And maybe Austin Schlotman surprises us, but I wouldn't also be planning a parade if Austin Schlotman steps in and, and is the guy that can that can uh, that can fortify things. So I think it's kind of a a, a, a bad judgment by Quasey to just assume that they can fix something of Garrett Bradbury. I agree. I had a dream actually that we cut him because now I'm dreaming about <laughs> Viking stuff. Usually it's Minnesota Wild stuff. I woke up and I was like, did we cut Bradbury? Nope, didn't happen. Didn't actually happen. But one can one can think again. We'll have Will Raggett, Sports Illustrated Vikings writer, joining us in a little bit to talk even more about that. You know, we said. The center, obviously, weakest link for this Minnesota Vikings squad. No surprise there. What else concerns you or what else could possibly prevent the Minnesota Vikings from having the uh, four predicted 12 win season? Or, you know, what could prevent them from even possibly making the playoffs? I mean, obviously, offense, everything seems very average to me. There's nothing that to me seems above average. Um, But what other areas are you guys primarily concerned at that are hoping get ironed out before they host Green Bay for that season opener? Don't be so pessimistic, Jesse. I try what's, not. Hey, I get to be on? the judge. I'm the judge in this situation. This, right? this, I think that sounds right. Come on. The, the, the offense is ridiculous. And now we got one of the most cutting edge offensive coaches that has just taken over the team. You, you have the best receiver in football. One of the best receiving quarters. But he's a first year coach. Can a first year coach lead you to the promised land? Like, that's another big question. Is he the guy that does this for you? Like, Well, I mean, g- getting back to your question, I, I think that the biggest impediment to that is the defense. That That's the one factor that, that if it changes, that's the thing that jumps you forward to, to potentially being able to get to the promised land. Last year, you finished mid-20s to uh, low-20s in total defense. If that thing jumps up to middle of the road, even, right? League average uh, defense, you are going to be by definition a contender because of how good the offense is. The offense was already good last year, and that was with Zimmer and the antiquated offensive strategic attack. Now you have a cutting edge, uh, you know, offensive strategy. If, If the defense merely gets up to average, this is going to be a legitimate contending team. Offense wins games, defense wins championships, baby. My favorite quote (laughs) from way back in the day. No, I mean, and I think there's also obviously the injury concern, especially on defense. You mentioned you're going to take a step back without Zimmer. That was his bread and butter. We all know that. Do you think Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith are going to be able to stay healthy and produce and get the sacks that we need them to do to really anchor that, that strong defense that we're hoping for? Well, I mean, Smith's uh, his his health is is going to be huge. That you know, if 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 there was not that question, ironically, he would not have been available to the Vikings at a cap right. number that they would have been able to swing, right? Like, and, and and the Vikings, you know, this was also a draft thing where a couple of times they got guys at you know at, at discounts relative to where they should have gone just because of the the context of their health situation, you know, et cetera. That's going to be very, very important. But like, you know, the the defense, it was something where 
early on in, in the tenure when the, the Vikings were were good, when, when they were contenders, that defense was really, really solid. And we saw these past couple years when the Vikings were, you know, it, it sort of dropped off to, to middle of the road, that that defense had, had bad, badly, badly sagged off. So if it, if it gets back up there again, now it doesn't need to be awesome. It just needs to be around league average to pair with what is going to be a very, very good offense. And, and, and the Vikings are back in business, especially with this, this division that they're playing in. Because the Bears are going to be, you know, maybe the, the league's worst team. Lions are, are still a bottom 10 team in the NFL. And the Packers are not going to be as good as they've been for the last five, 10 years. Still think you're underselling the Packers. I love the Vikings I'm fans. Don't come at me. I'm still, you're underselling. You, definitely not. I'm bitch. definitely not underselling the Packers. I'm going to win back the Vikings fans who think I don't like them. What kind, <laughs> you want to start with? Let's start the Kirk Cousins dispute early, right? I don't think it's fair to start this Kirk Cousins discussion yet, by the way, because. You don't really know, but we seem to be getting a lot of very the F-bomb, you like that aggressive Kirk Cousins so far in this preseason. Do you think that's going to help him be better on the field, maybe not be so hesitant, have that confidence to throw the long ball and not second guess? And again, we're hoping that changes without Mike Zimmer in that head coach position, right? And OC giving him this different look. But I mean, what kind of Kirk Cousins do you guys want to see? What, uh, what are we feeling? I love how Cousins is just like when you were a kid with your dad. Like the first time my, my siblings and I heard my, my dad say the F word, we were all like, you know, huddled together. Like, did you just hear your dad say the F word? That was just like Vikings Twitter that day where, where Cousins said the F word. And the first person reported it, like what he'd said. And we were all like, oh, my God, like Cousins just said the F word. Like, you know, it was, it, it, it was all crazy. It, it does seem like uh, – Cousins, at the very least, you know, like, he, you know, with, with some of these different things that we're seeing in camp, it, it does seem like he has a sort of renewed vigor. And, and, and I think that people are, you know, sort of playing pop psychologist and trying to boil that down to he hated Zimmer and, and that sort of a thing. I, I tend to think it's more he's reinvigorated by being in, in, you know, going from an offensive system that, again, was 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 more uh, stuck in, in in a previous uh, ideological way of seeing offensive football to now you're going more to that uh, cutting edge uh, offensive philosophy. I, I think that's what what he's you know s- sort of has got the pep back in his step. You know, Nick Mullins and him know each other from meeting at like a Christian, of course, right? It wasn't a pizza; it was either that or a pizza ranch. ranch One yeah. of the two you're going to run into, <laughs> but maybe that also helps, right? Too. Continuing on this quarterback theme, do the Vikings keep three quarterbacks? Do they roll with three on on the roster or no? Uh, that you know that one is is, is going to come down real close. I, I'm I'm actually interested to ask Raggett's about this. I, I think he's going to have an interesting perspective on this. If I was the the GM, the answer would be no. Um, I'm certainly I'm cutting Manion. That that decision mm-hmm. is would already be done. Um, with Mond, I would release him. And I'd probably try to to get him onto the practice squad, although I wouldn't care if, if another team took him. I, I literally wouldn't. But if if he got through, you know, I, I I'd put him onto the practice squad probably. But for me, it, the the two active quarterbacks would be would be Cousins and Mullins. I yeah, I don't think that he would clear either. I think he would might get picked up because I think there's going to be some team out there that thinks we can change him, we can fix him. There's always that one team that's like, eh, why not? Um, but I would agree with that. I think you cut Mannion. Saturday, right? That's probably what happens. Hopefully, maybe, possibly. You cut him a year ago. Yeah, 
when they should have done it. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's going to be a mark on your before we die. You still got Bradbury on the team, but Thor, before we die, wants Sean Mannion cut. You'll get that win, that victory. Um, you know, any other concerns? Again, we'll have Will Raggett from Sports Illustrated, the Vikings writer, joining us in just a little bit. How about the nickel position? How do we feel about that? I think that cornerback, possible other kind of question marks for me as far as the success of this team this season. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was really funny in, in the last couple of days. <laughs> there was one night on uh, just going back to Twitter. There was one one funny night on Twitter where, where Chandon Sullivan. I don't know what had gotten into Chandon Sullivan, but he was going through his mentions and he was quote tweeting a bunch of people that were saying he was having a bad camp, and then he was clapping back at him. I saw like, I go at a reef, right? He went he went at a friend of reef. Yeah, yeah. That, it was it was one of them, and he he got a couple of other people and. Um, but I don't really know, you know, what Shannon Sullivan was talking about because basically everyone has said that he's had a bad camp and that Shannon Sullivan's whole point was like, no, I haven't. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I think either way, Shannon uh, Sullivan, he's not necessarily the, the issue here in that he's going to be the starter either way. So, right. so that's not necessarily like the, the, the bigger problem. I mean, like you would want a better starting nickel than him. But that's already like you've already locked yourself into that. Probably the bigger problem is is that you don't you don't have any other guys on the roster outside of him that you can literally play. Yeah. And, and and this was you know something that we talked about on one of our very first episodes, ironically, with a reef. You know yes. where, where we were talking about there there's and I'm talking literally no other guy on the roster that is playable in the in the slot, mm-hmm. right? Like. The, the other cornerbacks on the team that are rosterable, they are all outside guys, right? And then the the safeties on the team, like other NFL teams, they, you know, they, they, their safeties, in their safety room, you'll have guys that are uh, hybrid nickel defenders, you know, invariably. Right. They'll have some of those guys. The Vikings have, you know, there's a couple guys on, on where they're, they're sort of hybrid-y type guy. Like, for instance, Cam Bynum, he's a hybrid in that, He's a, a, a safety that can also play outside cornerback, right? Like that's what he played at, at Cal, but he cannot play in the slot, right? Like, or, you know, you, you wouldn't trust him there, you know, whatever, like long-term. So th- they're in this, this bit of an issue where Chan and Sullivan, they are relying extremely heavily on him and then they don't really have anybody else. So yeah, the, the slot is absolutely a problem right now for the Vikings. I mean, and going back to even injuries, I think, are we expecting everybody to actually be healthy for that first game? I think the uh, Andrew Booth Jr. injury update was that it's hopeful, but it's a little bit more serious than they expect. Do we think everybody will be healthy and ready to go when Minnesota hosts the Packers? Well, it's certainly what they're hoping for. Yeah, I mean, they're you know the the um, coaching staff is going to be checking in with the trainers quite a bit, guys. You know that's that's an important one. Obviously, the the Herb Smith one is is really important too. Mm-hmm. The statuses of a couple of these guys are crucial for the Vikings heading in into week one. Right. Anything else? Dex, what else you got? Which is harder? All right, I got to ask you this because I know you're a big Twins guy. Season ticket holder. (laughs) What is harder for you to watch? The Twins meltdown, the Vikings struggle, a first-round loss for the Minnesota Wild. What pains you the most? Easily the Twins. Uh, (laughs) it's, it's, It's just because of the futile playoff losing streak that they have been on. Like I was 11 years old. I turned 30 in like three and a half months and (laughs) I was 11 the last time the twins won a playoff game. And it'd be one thing if like they were the lions and they just hadn't made the playoffs or like the jets were like, they haven't made the playoffs in like 20 years, but they've been in the playoffs 
18 consecutive times, and they've lost every single game. In baseball, like, the Oakland A's will win one out of three games against the Houston Astros this year. It's going to happen. Like, the, the worst teams figure out a way to win one game. Uh, yeah. The Twins, by far, make me a horrible person when it comes to, like, playoff and crunch time. I'm, an, I'm not a fun person to be around. The Wild have been in the playoffs so much, but they, they will still squeak out some playoff wins in the, in the series. Like, I want them to take the next step, yeah. too. But at least they can win a game. The Twins yeah. haven't won a playoff game in 18 consecutive tries. So, easily for me, uh, it, it's probably the Twins. Not even close. Oh, Thor, I'm assuming Vikings, those are your big painful memories. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that, it can account for probably 70% of my childhood trauma. <laughs> for sure. Um, which my therapist is probably unspooled about 32% of. Right. Um, to this point. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, you know, we're working on it. We're, we're, we've, you know, we've gotten to the 33rd percentile. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll go with the wild. I'll be that person. That's obviously my bread, but I would just like to see a second round. I've never covered this team when they've made it to a second round every year that they have me thinking just like the twins in a way <laughs> they give me hope. And then they just are like, just kidding. We're still a Minnesota squad, but that's a fun little tangent as we wait. Will Raggett's now joining us. From Sports Illustrated, again, Minnesota Vikings writer. Will, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for taking the time to uh, chat a little Vikings football here. A uh, lot of questions for you. A lot of things to cover. Thor, kick us off with your uh, your go-tos. What's up, Will? My uh, my first question for you is, you, you've obviously, you know, I've been looking at your dispatches, uh, as a lot of us Vikings fans have, out from Vikings camp. Who has been the biggest star of Vikings camp, T.Y. McGill or your trusty bucket hat? <laughs> well, it's definitely been the bucket hat, which uh, I can't I can't leave the house without when going out to Egan. But uh, T.Y. McGill has, is a guy who like really has jumped out in the two preseason games. I don't know that he has like stood out that much on a day to day basis in camp, but it's also kind of hard to do so as a defensive tackle, I would say. Uh, I think he's the overall star of, of this month with what he's been able to do in those two those two preseason games so far. I'd say some of the stars of of camp that show up on a day-to-day basis. I mean, K.J. Osborne was a guy who I think was probably, I don't know if it was ever officially declared, but I think he was like Mr. Mankato last year or should have been because of the leap that he made from his first year to his second year. But now it, it almost seems like he's making a similar leap from his second year to his third season with how consistently he's able to get open um, just kind of the variety of the routes that he runs and has success with. And um, so looking for big things from him this year. Another one I would say, hmm, let's see, Ty Chandler, the uh, the rookie running back, has been really impressive. He's flashed all throughout camp with his speed, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, I think is a big part of his appeal uh, in the draft this year. So uh, those are a couple of guys. There's probably a few others that I'm not thinking of right now. But um, yeah, it's been fun being out there and, and watching camp every day. I want to keep on Ty Chandler because he's been my personal favorite rookie. And I think that has just a very high ceiling. I mean, do you think next year is maybe a year where he really is going to be a go-to back for the Minnesota Vikings? Or do you think he even sneaks in uh, sometime this season as well? Yeah, it's hard to envision. uh, It's hard to figure out how he's going to see much, uh, many touches this season, just with the depth chart being the way it is. Dalvin Cook we know is going to be the workhorse as long as he's healthy. Alexander Madison is a proven NFL backup running back. And then they've got Ken Iwangu too, who is showing some things both in the preseason and in camp uh, that he can be more than just a kick returner. He could be a, an offensive piece. So that 
that leaves Chandler kind of deep down the depth chart more so than his talent indicates he should be. It's just the reality of, of the Vikings depth chart right now. So I think next season um, could be the time where we start to see more of him because Alexander Madison is entering the last year of his contract this Mm -hmm. year. He's almost certainly not going to be back next season. That would leave Wang Wu and Chandler kind of fighting for uh, the, the change of pace backup roles behind cook and, also, we all know about Cook's injury history. So um, I, I, I think we, there's a chance we could see some Chandler in various packages this year. Definitely if, if people in front of him have to miss time. But I think 2023 is a more realistic timetable for seeing what Ty Chandler can do in the regular season. Right. Will, we got some news this morning. The Vikings cut Jordan Berry. They're going to go with Ryan Wright at punter. Uh, walk us through that decision, and why do you think they scram or they scrapped the plan for that uh, plan punt off that they were going to do in the final preseason game? Well, I would like to know the answer to that. I don't have I don't have the answer to that. I was looking forward to what uh, special teams coordinator Matt Daniels promised us, which was a punt off between Jordan Berry and Ryan Wright on Saturday night in Denver, and the two had been had very similar statistics so far through the two preseason games. Very even like slightly more hang time, a couple fair catches. So I was assuming he was the favorite there. Not, not as much because of a, a crazy advantage as a punter, but also because he's got the experience as a holder. He's got that chemistry with Greg Joseph. So I was a little surprised by that move, if I'm being completely honest. I think if I try to understand the rationale, it's it's that Ryan Wright is a little bit cheaper on the salary cap. Not a huge difference, but a, a difference. And he's also 22 years old, has a big leg. So maybe he could be a a long-term option at punter if he impresses this year. I wouldn't completely rule out the possibility of the Vikings bringing in another punter at some point. But for now, it's it's Ryan Wright. And I I think they they see a lot of upside with him just with purely how far he can punt it. Uh, it, It's kind of dialing in the, the technique and the consistency, which they must think they can do. Other news that broke this morning, J.C. Treader retiring um and the important news being that the vikings never talked about having him be a part of that and again we we discussed earlier on in this episode um what a problem garrett bradbury is at center does that surprise you at all that there was never any conversation never any consideration and that again minnesota seems to be ignoring the problem that they do have at center yeah it does surprise me honestly i mean it's not a secret that garrett bradbury has been really, really poor in pass protection through his first three seasons. J.C. Treader is the opposite of that. And reading the Sports Illustrated story where he he sat down with a um, SI writer uh, to, to talk about his retirement and, and the kind of the circumstances leading up to it, it's just his side of the story, obviously, but he says that his knees are fine. Like, that was a big talking point throughout this summer while he was unsigned that, oh, his knees, like, he... He, did, he hasn't been able to practice much the last couple of years. Um, he had to get a bunch of fluid drained out of his knees early last season. But he says that's fine. He believes that the reason he didn't get re- interest reciprocated from any team, like of the seven that they contacted, not just the Vikings, mm-hmm. is because of his role as the president of the NFL Players Association. So I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I'd be curious to hear the Viking side of things. Um, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, it was with treader the last two years in cleveland so he has a better perspective on it than than most uh Mm -hmm. relating to his injuries and 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 whatnot but if it's just what treader kind of alleges it is where you're like refusing to sign this guy because 
you don't want the drama of having the NFLPA president in your locker room. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No. I mean, the goal should be winning football games. And J.C. Treader, if he's even 75% healthy, is better than Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> like, no questions asked. So, yeah, it's a, it's a strange situation to me. Maybe he's more confident in his knees than um, the Vikings and other teams are. I don't know what the, what the, what the reality is. But, um, yeah, they're, they're sticking with Bradbury for now. And that's, that's maybe their most glaring weakness heading into the season. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to think I'm better than Garrett Bradbury. I think <laughs> give me a shot. I just, I don't know. Maybe I, anything could be better. My five-year-old might be better. I'm not sure. He's, he's smaller. I, I have a little bit more size to me, but. We'll see. <laughs> Will, last week the, the Vikings obviously traded for, for Nick Mullins. Uh, is he QB2 with a bullet? And if Cousins goes down, do you think the Vikings could actually win games with Nick Mullins? And what does this mean for Mannion and Mond? Yeah, I, I think there's no question to me. I mean, obviously Kevin O'Connell is going to say the the right things, the diplomatic things like, hey, we're just adding Nick Mullins to this competition and he's got to earn it, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, come on. Nick Mullins has started 17 games in the NFL. He's played well in some of those games. I think he has five career games with a pass rating over 100. Like, he's not a starting caliber quarterback because he doesn't have that level of arm talent. He's gone 5-12 and 12 as a starter. Um, he's also, I don't think, like a Case Keenum-level backup. But he's not that far off of that. He is a much, much better option than both Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond which is why the Vikings made that made this move. They recognized after watching throughout training camp and the preseason that they needed a better option. It's not about like, again, with the Keenum comparison, if Cousins goes down like Sam Bradford did, the Vikings aren't having some magical 2017 season with Nick Mullins. That's not going to happen. But if Cousins has to miss a game for whatever reason it might be, uh, or, or multiple games, Nick Mullins gives them a chance to win that game or to stay afloat and go like two and two in a stretch of four games, because he just on a very basic level can read defenses, make his progressions and, and make the simple throws. And that's something that both Mannion and Mon struggled with. So I, Mullins is not going to like be a savior of, of any sort, but when you're just trading a conditional 2024 seventh rounder to upgrade your backup position significantly, I, I think that's totally worth it. Are you at all surprised that Mannion or Mon didn't take that competition? I mean, again, you saw just not a whole lot, but I think in my head, I expected Mon to maybe take that next step and finally be that QB too. He wasn't doing it. Mannion, you knew what you were going to kind of get, and he's kind of plateaued. Were you surprised that neither of them were able to solidify that position? A little bit. Uh, I had some hopes for Mond coming into this year, um, just with like, I mean, he's a guy who was a, four-year starting SEC, has a big arm, has some athleticism. I was kind of hoping um, for the Vikings' sake that, like, he would figure it out and would take that step, and it just really didn't happen. And I, I think there's still some some upside to him to get back to, to Thor's question about what happens with with those two. I think you probably keep Mond around uh, mm-hmm. just because he still has that potential uh, to develop into a, a QB2 option, I think, that wouldn't happen until next year at the earliest. So maybe you keep him on your practice squad and you see if your coaches can can keep his development going because he's still only 23 or whatever. I don't think there's any reason to keep Sean Mannion around when you know what he is as a quarterback and it's below replacement level. So I I think Sean Mannion's going to be a good coach someday, but I don't I don't I think he'll probably get cut next week. 
Will, I want to flip the page to Saturday's last preseason game in Denver and really appreciate you giving us the time. I I know you're super busy. Uh, Who who is that most crucial for? If you gave us a small list, who is that game most crucial for when you're trying to think about winning a roster spot for the Vikings? Yeah, there's a a few of them. Um, You can kind of go position by position and and look at guys on the bubble. I, I would say... A couple big ones. I think Oli Udo, um, the the tackle who started 16 games last year at tackle and guard. Uh, not only has he been passed up by by Blake Brandle this throughout camp, in, in my eyes at least, for that swing tackle job. I think he's at risk of of not making the team uh, with some of his performances in the preseason last week uh, against 49ers rookie edge rusher Drake Jackson was not uh, not particularly good. So he needs to have a nice game to convince the Vikings that he's worthy of just keeping around as depth on the roster. I think at tight end, you look at um, the, the competition for maybe one spot behind Irv Smith and Johnny Munt. Uh, Zach Davidson has had a really rough preseason, more drops than catches. Um, still looks like he doesn't really know what he's doing as a blocker at times. Uh, so he could benefit from having a, a big game. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's too late. I don't know. But um, with his receiving upside, I, I don't think it's too late. He's six, seven and can fly. So there, there's still some potential there, but he needs to step it up. The rookie tight end, Nick Muse as well. Uh, defensively, I would say the two positions I look at are inside linebacker is one where I think it's Troy Dye or Blake Lynch as that fourth inside linebacker behind the two starters. And then the rookie, Brian Asamoa. Um, I don't think Chaz Surratt has a chance there, but I guess you never know. He was, he was all right against the 49ers. Um, and then I think at, at cornerback as well, um, Chris Boyd, if he plays, I know he's been a little banged up uh, this week. I think he still has a little more to prove to earn, to, to earn a roster spot over, over people like Perry Nickerson and, and Nate Hairston and, and, and people like that. Right. I cut Ole Udo in Monday's episode, so I would not be, I'd be surprised if he kind of regains any confidence. Uh, final question for me before we let you go. And again, thank you, Will, so much for taking the time to join us. Um, sticking with my pessimistic theme, because that's what I do. I'm a realist, I like to say. Um, who have been some of your biggest disappointments during camp this, this week? And maybe, you know, disappointments, even whether it's positional, player specific, or even just in general. What have you seen that you've not been that impressed with? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think, I mean, we've talked about him before. I don't want to talk about it too much, but kind of Bradbury not not really taking that step that uh, some were hoping for. That was kind of his last chance to do in in his uh, final year of his rookie contract. I think was a little disappointing. Um, another one we talked about was Kellen Mond uh, has been disappointing. I'm trying to think of of who else. Um, I think. If you look at the back end of the defense, um, I think like I don't want to I don't want to call a, a call rookies disappointments yet. But I think sure. relative to expectations, I think you would have hoped that Lewis seen the first round pick might be a little further along in, in what he's shown. Uh, he still looks like he's going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. There's there's that special like ability to once he once he reacts and and diagnoses what's happening to to fly to the ball and and make plays he's just been a little bit slow to do that so far the first step of the processing what's happening which has led to him being like a step behind uh, a lot of times in camp and and we've seen a little bit of that in the preseason as well so i i'm not trying to sound any long-term alarm bells on lewisine i just think he's not going to be starting week one i don't think i think i mean 
And that's that's partially credit to Cam Bynum, who is overlooked as a good football player, um, who just started playing safety last year and might might be a potential long term starter in the NFL. I don't know. Um, but I think the hope was that Lewisine would earn that job by week one. And I don't think that's going to happen. So a minor disappointment there, but nothing to be too concerned about yet, I would say. Hey, that's fair. Appreciate you stopping by, Will. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, all right. Well, again, that's Will Raggetts. Will, where can people read you, find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah, on Twitter, at Will Raggetts, R-A-G-A-T-Z is the last name. And uh, find my written work at si.com slash NFL slash Vikings. Keep up the good work, brother. Yeah. Wait, final question. I got to know because we're going to ask everybody, how many games are the Minnesota Vikings going to win? Ooh, I will be boring and say 10. Okay. All right. Take it. Which 10 I wins. Think is, I think it's kind of a, a, good out, a good outcome for them, but not – they have the potential to win more than that. But I think, I think I'll put Let's it there in a wild card spot. <laughs> Thor's, got 12, Thor's got 12 on the books, so yeah. we'll see. Literally. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Again, Will Raggett's from SportsIllustrated.com. Thank you so much for joining Before We Die. Uh, again, this is Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. Decca Goff stepping in for Ross Brindle, who's doing God knows what oh, in God. Texas. Enjoy- <laughs> All good. Uh, Before We Die, a part of the Purple Daily and Score North Network. Out at the State Fair, Dex, how often are you going to be at the State Fair not enjoying yourself but, like, working at the State Fair? Uh, just just the, out there with you on Saturday, and then I'll probably, as, as yeah, my own fandom, I might be out there tomorrow night, too. So especially if you're kidless and you get to have a little mom's night out and a little oh, enjoyment, yeah. let me know. I'll have a beer with you. Yes. Um, nice. I try to get out there at least two to three times uh, a year for sure. I worked there in high school. I worked at the Ballpark Cafe throughout all of high school, uh, slinging a lot of garlic fries. I I... I smelled so much like garlic that when I came home from the shift, and I usually worked night shifts, that my mother would lay out clean clothes in the garage before I was allowed to enter the home because that's how bad the garlic just stained my clothes and shirt and everything. So, um, yeah, I love the fair. But in terms of working it, thankfully, just once out on Saturday, but I'll be out there probably numerous times. So if you spot me, come up and say hi by all means. Heck, yeah. I love it. And like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are all enjoying it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of before we die what is our before we die uh motto today uh thor what do you got so before we die what do you think is going to happen who's getting cut you seem to like to go with players that are getting cut um well i, I wasn't i wasn't going to do a, a a cut one today okay right. i actually uh recently you know the the golfers are playing new mexico state in their opener one week from today actually on on thursday and uh Jerry Kill has been complaining about Tracy Clays being fired by the golfers now for years and years. And he is, he has started this up again, which, which, which caught my eye before I die. I want Jerry Kill to stop complaining about Tracy Clays getting fired because the guy who came after him has done better than Tracy Clays did. And, and by the way, Jerry, he's done better than you did during your tenure too. That, that by itself disqualifies your argument. Like I, I understand that you don't like what they did to your friend, but coaching, it's about wins and losses. And by Fleck in his his tenure doing better than Clay's and, and you did, that's over. Like, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, you know what? I completely get that. That was filling up my my feed today as well. I heard all about that. So I, I don't hate it. Dex, what about you? Before yeah. you die, what do you got? 
Uh, before I die, can the Twins uh, make the damn playoffs and make up for all, all the crap that you have put me through over the last few weeks? And honestly, the last 18 years, as I said on the onslaught. So so please, before I die, can you uh, win a playoff game? We want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. That is still mission number one. But uh, yes. it's been I, I've spent more than half of my lifetime watching you lose playoff games. That That is the Minnesota Twins. So please, win a playoff game. Get back in good gracious, please. I, you know, that's also, that's also a good one. I, uh, I was born on the day they clinched the pennant in 1987. Fun fact. And I was almost named Kirby this close to being named wow. Kirby because of it. Yep. Special time in my life. Uh, before we die, I am going to go with a Minnesota state fair food related thing before I die. I'm going to see a concert at the state fair at the grandstand. I have actually never seen mm. a concert at the grandstand. That is a goal of mine. Should be easy to accomplish. I'm just, I'm more of like a festival goer as opposed to a concert goer sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I like to see like a bunch of people. Uh, but one day that's before I die. I love it. Like it. Our, I love it. Right. All right, guys, again, this is before we die on purple daily score North subscribe to our YouTube channel, engage with us on Twitter, follow us. We have new episodes released every single Monday and Thursday, final preseason, baby, let's go. And then we kick it into high gear. Uh, this is before we die covering the Minnesota Vikings. Have a great day. Score.